have a couple of icebreaker riddles for you, amen? The first one is, some people prefer being on top. Others prefer being on the bottom. And it always involves a bed. The answer, a bunk bed. <laughs> What's four-letter word that ends up in K and means the same as intercourse? Talk. All right. Amen. With that, guys, we're going to start. The opening question I will have for you is, what is the first thing that pops into your head when you hear the word sex? Is it excitement? Is it fear? Is it the bedroom? Or is it the living room? Is it hurt? Or is it the gift that God has given us? Depending on how we answer this question, I believe this will truly show us how connected we are to God. This is my amazing, beautiful wife, Jenny. I love her. Hi, Jenny. Um, she's amazing. Hottie, as the spice word, uh, this guy back here said, pick a spicy word. Hottie is here. Okay. Uh, and of course, I'm Stephen, I said, we're from the Eugene Church, and we have the privilege of sharing with you what sex means to us. Amen. My wife and I have been together for 10 uh, years in our marriage, but we've been together since 2004 dating. So we've had the privilege of being able to have some experience. Amen. Um, not as much as the older folk, but uh, you know. but we look forward to learning and growing in this area of our lives. Amen. First and foremost, we need to understand that God loves pleasure. Let's be turning to Genesis chapter 2. I know we looked at this, but we're going to look at it again. I think it's so important that as marrieds, we talk about this topic of sex. Because if we, who are in God's church... Don't learn in God's church, we get our lessons from the world. And I think that we need to talk about it in God's church. In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 8 through 9, it says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God, uh, God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And simply, I, I just believe that God was preparing Adam for Eve. I believe that the time it takes to really nurture the garden, right? To nurture it, to take care of it, right? And, and really the, uh, the gentleness that we need to have uh, with the garden. I believe God was preparing Adam's heart for Eve. In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 15 through 20, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the uh, tree of knowledge of the good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, sad face, emoji, no suitable helper was found. Um, and right here, it's so amazing that God knows what we need. 
God uh, orchestrated this to happen, I believe. As Adam was naming all the animals, right? Male and female. He's like, huh. Uh, okay, bear, male, bear, female. Okay, here we go. Uh, giraffe, you're definitely a male. Okay, giraffe, female. Okay. And then he's like thinking, what about me? What about me? So this is where I'm going to have my wife share. Amen. Amen. Well, as women, we are so fortunate to be married in the kingdom. I know, I think that's one of the things that I pray for every day is just thanking God. Um, I have such a deep gratitude in my heart for being married, but all the more being married in the kingdom. And um, I'm really grateful for all of the incredible insight that Kelly and Eva already shared, because I feel like we could almost just leave it there. They had so many good practicals. But an aspect of this topic that I really wanted to share about um, is really the heart behind it behind sex for women. Um, I know, just speaking for myself, as women in general, especially for me, we can be, we are very emotional beings. Um, And so many things can play a part in how we view sex in general, how we view sex in our marriage. Um, And so, and it is a very touchy topic. There's a whole gamut of things that involve this, this topic. But for now, setting that all aside and really getting to the heart of the issue, I think is so important. Um, in order to be able to have great sex with our husbands, we have to find and believe our true worth in God first and foremost. If we don't have that and we constantly are trying to get that um, strength and that confidence from our husband, it does not go well, and I say that from experience. Um, I love what the Bartholomew shared earlier just about how there can be no idolatry and expectation that our husbands must make us happy first before we give ourselves intimately to them. Um, a scripture that I thought of just on this topic is in Luke one forty five, says, Blessed is she who has believed the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And we know that the word blessed means superlatively happy, right? Yeah. So we have to believe that when we totally trust in God's promises for our life um, and get our security from God and God alone, then we truly can be happy. And the byproduct of that, I wholeheartedly believe, is a great intimate life with our husband and all so much more. Um, I know for me, I've definitely been there so many times in our 10 years of marriage where, um, you know, if, if I'm not feeling totally unified with Stephen, I can almost use that as an excuse for distance. Like, oh, well, I have to wait until, you know, we're on the same page and you know, we can be totally unified in that I'm feeling like all of my maybe emotional needs are getting met before I meet his physical needs. And that's a very um, manipulative way to think as a wife. Um, And and that's why I'm so convicted when I think about this, that if I'm not drawing my strength and my confidence from God first, it's going to set our marriage back and cause a lot of fights. Um, We have to be willing to run to God and allow him to guide our marriage and really get our strength from God first and foremost Um, And then the byproduct of that is unity with our husband. I believe the byproduct of having that contentment from God is a great sex life with our husband. Um, I wanted to read a scripture real quick in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, In verse verse 4 it says, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And 
you know, the scriptures are very clear in this area that the only reason that we should not be having sex is so that we can be devoted to prayer, so that we can be devoted to drawing our strength from God. And the result of that is ultimately overcoming Satan's attacks. Like someone shared earlier that Satan, Satan's number one goal is to separate us. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about really quick is that communication is so important And it's so important that we as wives are not afraid to talk openly and honestly with our spouses about anything and everything. There's nothing off limits. Um, Over the last, you know, 10 years of our marriage, um, we've gone through so many ups and downs. And honestly, each one of them in different ways plays a role in our physical closeness. Um, It's so important that we consistently are communicating in honesty and humility, like they were sharing earlier, Um, that we talk about likes, dislikes, expectations, desires, everything. Again, there's nothing off limits. And I know, especially early on in different parts of our marriage, I felt um, even a certain level of insecurity or shame, like, well, is it, is it okay to talk about like things that I like or I don't like? Like, is this going to do more damage than good, like, this is weird, it does make me squirmy, like, uh, how do I handle this, but that's where total humility and total honesty, and honestly, prayer, too, um, helps a ton in that area, but communication is really just step one, the step, the step two to that, um, is really to put it into practice, I can't tell you how many times Stephen and I have had conversations where we've laid it all out there, we've been very open, we've had, you know, a lot of honesty, but if nothing changes, then nothing changes, and it still is, you're still stuck in that spot. So I want to encourage you guys, if you guys are in that place, even if you're not in that place, go after having open conversations with your spouse, write down, you know, notes, um, and develop a a real game plan to put it into practice. Um, But in closing, some advice that we got from our discipleship partners back in Boston was this. That sex is free, and for the most part, can be done anytime and anywhere within reason. (laughs) Take advantage of it! It's the one very special thing that can only be shared between you and your spouse, and we have to honor that. Um, You know, like, like Kelly was sharing earlier, have fun and success and failure. Really utilize it as something that, no matter where you are in life, it can be the tool to really bring you back together, to be able to conquer and face the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Amen. Some questions to ask yourself. Some uh, some practicals, real quick. What is good? What is bad? What's right? What's wrong? Well, um, of course, uh, refer back to Hebrews thirteen four. Uh, amen. Look at that scripture. But ask yourself these questions: Will my spouse be served, blessed, and encouraged, or shamed, demeaned, and feel exploited? Is our activity a reflection of Christ's love for his church? Will my spouse experience love, safety, joy, comfort through this? Will our behavior lead to my spouse's flourishing? Or will it mainly be for the benefit of one? Turning the spouse into an object of self-centered pleasure. This is the honest reflection we need to have, guys. And if you need advice, talk to your disciple. Amen? Uh, But facts about sex as we close out. Sex slashes stress. Studies have been done that says having sex lowers blood pressure. Fact number two, people who have more sex work less, which means, again, less stress. Point fact number three, having sex can actually decrease a man's risk for a fatal heart uh, attack and carries them, of course, right? And the fact is, couples who have sex feel good about themselves, amen, carry themselves differently 
and of course, in return, has better self-esteem. Sex release pain, here's another fact, during arousal and orgasm, the hypothalamus in the brain releases the feel-good hormone oxytocin. Thank you. Thank you. Oxytocin. Fact number six, sex protects against cancer according to some research. Men frequently, uh, who have uh, sex frequently are less likely to be diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. In closing, as some who live in Nike town, we say, just do it to God be the glory. (laughs)